Oh, man. This is going to be awesome. I'm your biggest fan. Oh, it's like Stephen King misery. It's this crazy episode of the podcast. We have like a legitimate tech celebrity who is also like the creepy super fan that like someone would meet in an elevator and be terrified of. It really is. I love it. It is just like misery. This is misery, the podcast. Dead from New York. This is the Halloween episode of the Stack Overflow podcast, episode 93, recorded Tuesday, October 25th, 2016, at Stack Overflow. Get it? Dead. Oh, not yeah, live. Yeah, it's usually live, but it's dead because it's that time <laughs> of year. Recorded Tuesday, yeah. October 25th, 2016. They don't, they don't get the jokes unless I explain them. It's Stack Overflow headquarters in New York, New York, home of the Sugar Hill Gang, where more than 8 million people live in peace and enjoy the benefits of democracy. Today's podcast is brought to you by... The Society for Responsible Use of Jack-O-Lanterns. <laughs> Who would like to remind you that jack-o'-lanterns can cause sudden post-traumatic flashbacks or extreme distress, even in adults. Please use jack-o'-lanterns carefully and never around children. On today's podcast, the usual crew, Vice President of Community Product, Jay Hanlon. Good afternoon. VP of Engineering, David Florton. Hi. And our news editor is Ilani Itzhaki. Hello, everyone. Also, a special guest today. We're welcome from Genius, Tom Lehman. I'm your host, Joel Spolsky. Welcome back, everyone. Good to be here. Thank you. Thanks. Hello, people. Okay. You brought up the Sugar Hill Gang, if I heard you correctly. That's right. Local hometown boys. Inventors of a little musical A little ditty known as Rapper's, Rapper's Rap. Delight, right? Rapper's Delight. I think they're from New Jersey. I just, I don't think you meant to go there. No, no. They're really from New York. Okay. I mean, what do you mean they're from really? Jersey? They're... What are you talking about? How's that even Anglewood, possible? New this Jersey? Is... Whereas yeah, Sugar Hill is a neighborhood in Harlem. Well, if you're from Englewood, New Jersey, and you want to start a rap group, I just think you have to go with a neighborhood in Harlem. Maybe is the way to go. You just can't. <laughs> you can't be. You can't be like straight out of Englewood, can you? Straight out of Englewood. Huh? You can. You can. Well, actually. you know, we're gonna have an expert on this later. Straight we out of Scarsdale. Get, we can get better. <laughs> I fenced my way out of the ghetto. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. A bunch of New York suburban jokes. Okay. Um, So speaking of Easter. Yes. Is this, because if you're going to bring up bunnies again, it's going to get weird. It always gets weird when you bring up bunnies. Do kids these days know what Easter eggs are? Is that even a thing anymore? Or is that only the old people? You mean like no, the? They still do Easter egg hunts. I think oh, join no, 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 no. I mean in, in software. Oh, e, sure. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Easter <laughs> well, egg software. Absolutely. Easter, eggs. Easter egg is really? a popular term in video game uh, culture. I would say. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah, still yeah. They have them in video games. Of course. Yes. Okay. They don't really embed them in professional programs. Professional anymore, software, as far anymore. as I know. That pretty much That's disappeared. On. There was a time when every interesting software product had an Easter egg in there. If there had been websites, there would be websites where you could go to see what the Easter eggs are, but there were no websites yet. So like some of the famous ones, I'll bring up some Excel examples. One of the famous ones was there was an entire flight simulator oh, yeah. when one of the dot versions of Excel that you could bring up. I think you had to scroll you had to scroll so far down and so far to the right that only one cell was showing on the screen and it was the bottom right cell. Because that was back when there was a bottom of your infinite spreadsheet. Like, it was 63,600. Remember the 63,000 some it, it odd rows? It still has a bottom, but it probably takes two months to get yeah, there. But but yeah, but I remember yeah. like if you got you had to break it into 63,000 row yeah. things, or else you had to grow up and use All right, Jay, access. we didn't have a lot of bits yeah. in those Sorry. days, right? Sorry. It yeah, was, yeah. We were poor. We couldn't you afford You did a lot bits. with what you had, Joel. We're we proud did. Of you. We had to we're fit both the row and the column indicator into 24 bits. It's always about bits with you. So Flight Simulator, that was one classic Easter egg. What were the other... Uh... There was a Doom. There was a Doom clone, a 3D shooter. There was one that was just sort of a video of the Lotus 123 logo dying and a lot of bugs flying out of it as it died. Like little bugs would kind of come out of the dead corpse. Sort of a Halloween-themed one. That's disturbing. Okay. And it was a competition's logo, too. It was pretty... Pretty nasty. Okay. All right. A little jab there. So I was reminded, I don't even want to talk about how I was reminded of this, but I had to write the Easter egg for Juno. I'm sorry. You were assigned to write an Easter egg? (laughs) Yes. For for the Juno email. Anybody remember what Juno is even? This is ridiculous. The story. Like, all right, our story this week is uh, somebody needs to read an Easter egg. (laughs) Yes. My boss literally said, you know what would be fun if we had an Easter egg? Why don't you invent a game and hide it somewhere in the product? We were shipping on Monday. It was Friday. He then flew off to Singapore where he'd lived. And this was, of course, before the internet and so forth. So he would just disappear for weeks at a time and say he was remote working from Singapore, which was, first of all, not even in our time zone. So we couldn't talk to him. And also, I guess they didn't have email there or whatever. Or maybe Juno email was not good enough to communicate <laughs> with people that were, didn't have file attachments. Didn't have enough bandwidth to watch all the ads first. You're, only allowed, yeah. you're okay. only allowed two emails a day or something. <laughs> anyway, so he said, yeah, why don't you write an Easter egg? And I was like, ah. 
because it just sounded like a lot of work over sure. the weekend that sure. I had to do. So I did. I worked really hard on this. I came up with a game. It was sort of inspired by Zoop. I don't remember Zoop. Help our younger listeners. Or... Zoop was a very unpopular game that I actually worked on. At, Sounds like uh, a great, this is a great Easter egg so far. Okay. I'm looking forward to learning more about it. It was, a fun, it was a fun little game. You had to shoot little envelopes and they came faster and faster. It was like one of those okay. games, like Tetris is one of those games that inevitably you lose no matter what, because it just sure. gets harder and harder and faster An and faster. Somewhere. You just want to see how long okay. you can hang on by your fingernails. Space Invaders. Before or, eventually yeah. the game defeats yeah, yeah. you. So that was a little game that I wrote, and I made it so that if you were composing an email to the president of Juno.com, Mr. Charles Ardai, and whilst composing the email, you happen to check the About box in the software. Okay. And while checking the About box, you have to right-click on the logo of Juno that appeared in the About box. Twice, I think. <laughs> the game would, would launch, and you could play it. So do you ever find yourself today yeah. just thinking about how little time you have and all the pressures of life? And imagine if you'd only had that weekend That particular back, weekend, I could have. Think what you could achieve with it right now. I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have. Probably not that. <laughs> trying to think what I was doing with my weekends in those days. Well, that's like the fundamental thing with an Easter egg is what makes mm -hmm. them so awesome that no one really does much anymore, is you have to put all this work into a thing and then make it so almost no one finds it. Yeah, no, no, but then you, what you do is you, you, you leak a it friend out. and kind of hope that's that actually, they leak it. That's actually pretty close to our strategy for releasing new features. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, strategy might be a bold word to use there. So we released it. Easter egg got out yep. there. Nobody knew about it. I tried to spread the rumor, but I couldn't find a way to do this in the days before the internet. Like, dude, dude, I don't know if you've got Juno, yeah. but have I got something to tell you? And the guy just hits Joel with a bag yeah. of bagels and runs away. We released this after Monday. Tuesday, I come into work, and this is scary. My boss and Michael Pryor, who you know also works sure, with, sure. with me, yep. were sitting at my desk. So That's far, so there's two unpleasant things about that, as That's far right. as I can tell. That's yeah. right. And the secret that I have to tell you is that there was a build server for Juno whose job was to take all the Juno source code, the raw okay. source code, and from a scratch version as possible, and compile it into the official Juno build based yep. on whatever was checked in, and then make bits, which got put on the disk, and that was what became Juno. Right, because it was still distributed on CDs then, basically, which you'd get at like the... CDs? Uh, Juno's yeah. on DVDs, whatever, Three, discs. 3.5-inch... No, it wasn't Juno. Well, Juno was on yeah. discs, yeah. no? Yeah, no, we struggled. There, you could get it on disk later, but in those days, we really fought to keep the initial download so it would fit in on 1.44. So <laughs> Juno hit its stride. Let me go back. Juno... AOL, too. AOL was just like free disks. You're right. So this Remember is 1994. It's AOL actually was before the disk-only yeah, yeah. computers were out. There were CDs, but before that, they were floppies because yeah. people didn't have CD drives, and not enough people had them. No, you're right. It was because it was around 94, right? This yep. was all happening? In fact, yep. they would not allow us to switch Juno to 32-bit Windows. We had to use 16-bit code because it was less bits, and we could fit it on a floppy. We could fit it on one floppy, and they were like, the manufacturing cost, we can't distribute Juno on two floppies when AOL is on one floppy. It's funny because you should have said fewer bits. No, that's not what's up. Okay. <laughs> That and is why it's funny. And that's why I don't have many friends. Okay. Yeah, you're fired. All right, so why are they sitting around my desk? Because the build server is under my desk. And they're like, we can't build Juno for some reason. And I was like, oh, shit. Now, here's the thing. I did not want the Easter egg to be discovered because they would have taken it out and also fired me, even though they told me to put in the Easter egg. But he was the guy who told me to put the Easter egg in, was in Singapore, right? All this story has a purpose. So what I did is I altered the build server. Wait, sorry, I thought he was sitting on your desk now. This is a different yeah, guy. Different boss. Boss's boss. boss. The boss's boss was in boss. Singapore. Got my it. direct boss was Got sitting it. at my desk. King's With off Michael in Pryor. Singapore, yeah. but yeah. the lord of the local manor With is now Michael at your Pryor, desk. And they're trying to figure out why Juno won't build. And the reason Juno won't build is here's what I had done. In order to avoid checking in the code to my Easter egg into the version control, uh -huh. which was CVS, haha, because they hadn't invented Git yet. In order to avoid checking in the code, I just put it on the build server and hid it somewhere. And then I modified the build server so that it would... Right before it started building Juno, it would rearrange certain source code files, and it would take my source code to the game, which was hidden in the Windows system directory with a name that looked like a DLL, and <laughs> copy that into the Juno source code, rename it to what it was supposed to be, .cpp, C++, and then compile it. So I had to limit, for various complicated reasons, I had to limit my entire game to a single class, because I had to fit it in one file, because I didn't want to mess with multiple files on the build server. Essentially, you found a clever workaround to get it into the code, which was basically indistinguishable from corporate sabotage. Yeah, but all Easter eggs really yeah. are sort of corporate sabotage. Yeah. <laughs> and I did that because I remembered a sort of an interesting, funny story, which talks about sort of you can inspect source code to make sure it doesn't have any corporate sabotage in it. But somebody might have snuck the corporate sabotage into the compiler, and the compiler could be like, eh, 
when I see this particular file, I will sabotage it in this particular way. And so the code looks nice and clean, but the compiler is really sneakily, you know, adding some little sabotage. And then you're like, well, just look at the source code of the compiler. Uh-huh, but then <laughs> you see it could be compiled with a yet another compiler. So anyway, that's what I was trying to get to here. And Michael Pryor, for some boneheaded reason, had found the single line that did nothing in the code that I left there that the build server replaced with my game. Mm-hmm. And was like, what could this possibly do? This doesn't do anything. And he deleted it. And it was like, well, it doesn't do anything. So now I can check it in. And so he deleted the line that didn't do anything, checked it in, rebuilt it on his machine. It worked fine because that line did not do anything on his machine. All worked fine. And then the build failed. <laughs> and then he went and got his boss, Vinod, and said, Vinod, I checked it in. It works. It builds here. It builds there. They spent the whole morning. They're like, why won't it build on the build server? And that's when I came in at 1130. Probably groggy-eyed because I had stayed up all weekend trying desperately to write an entire game. <laughs> That you hope no in one would ever weekend, find no, and now have to hide the existence of. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, you guys, I know how to fix this. Just go away. And the, but they insisted on knowing what I did, and I got caught, and then I, I got yelled at. And so not only, not only did they tell me that I had to spend the whole weekend writing a GD game, then <laughs> I spent the whole weekend, came in exhausted on Monday morning, and had to somehow apologize for having written this game, which they told me to write, and I had to get yelled at about it. And they're like, isn't it convenient that the person that told you to put the Easter egg in is in 12 hours time zones away in Singapore? So we'll just yell at you now preemptively. And then if it turns out that somebody really told you to do this, then we won't do anything. We, we won't apologize. I think if there's one thing to learn from this story, it might be yeah. that if you'd had a therapist to tell it to you back then, we wouldn't be getting this Easter egg story on Halloween right have now. have to <laughs> listen to it right now. It was a pretty scary story. Really good for Halloween. That's true. There was a little bit of the terror we all experienced. So this. kids. Yes. If you want to put an Easter egg in to your code, or a Halloween egg, which would be a better name for it, or a jack-o'-lantern, then I want you to do that on the build server. Don't check it into the source. Okay, it is time for another one-minute tech review each week at this time. Uh, all right, that... whose phone is that? Oh, that's mine. Hold on, let me, let me really? take this. Hello? Hi, David, is now a good time? Uh, uh, no, it's really not. Could you call uh, back? Great. My name is Pauline Lunt, <laughs> and I'm calling you, David, because you've been flagged as a potential candidate to be VP of Engineering at CAPN. That's C-A-P apostrophe N, a cutting-edge new startup that automates personalized captions for your photo albums by pulling information from your Google history. Uh, okay. Could you call back another time, maybe, and we could discuss mm -hmm. it No, more no. Uh, I'm just going to need to ask you some preliminary screening questions, okay? Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, <laughs> probably recording a podcast? I don't, I don't really know. Uh, oh, oh um, incorrect. I'm sorry that this was a puzzle question, and the answer is in a mirror. Oh, oh okay. I get it. I, okay, so. Uh, all right. Well, we can sorry just move on. That. It's all right. That's, um, that's a tough one. If you were a fast food worker, how would you benefit from rope? <laughs> from rope? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I don't really know. I might use it to escape from my job. Okay, interesting. All right. uh, have you ever been on a hayride? <laughs> yeah, um, but not. Uh, it was a long time ago. I think when I was a kid. Oh, that's wonderful. Actually, this this one wasn't actually on the sheet, but I was thinking of going on a haunted one this weekend. So it's an appropriate <laughs> place to take my son. I uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I think Great. so. I can see you went as a kid, so that just gives me a lot of confidence. I just I love fall, don't you? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm really in the middle no, of this something. Is, this is great. You... I, I love getting to know you. Um, we can go back to the page now. If you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? Ooh, you know, that's a good question. I would yeah. probably be a bear. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That's wrong. What, what, <laughs> what I have written here on the piece of paper in front of me is, for example, lion. Therefore, the correct answer is that you would be a lion. Oh, I was going to say lion, actually. That was my <laughs> next answer. Can I change my answer oh, to lion? I would be a lion. Good. Yeah. Tell me why. Tell me more about this. Uh, lion. Uh, wow. uh, lions are really, they're, they're the king of the jungle, and I would want to be king. Oh, great. No, that's, that really fits. That's wonderful. All right. Uh, so if you could have any kind of pinata by the cap and water cooler, what type of pinata would it be? Uh, probably, uh, this is a very, very strange question. I don't know. Uh, one filled with candy, right? Maybe uh, a dog. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's basic. <laughs> um, all right, well, it's the zombie apocalypse. If you had to hide under any one kind of produce in the grocery store, what produce would you choose and why? Oh, that one's easy. 
<laughs> Probably the watermelons. And why? Oh, why? Because I could use them as a, as a weapon to throw at the zombies, I think. Uh, maybe slow them down when they came okay. for me. Okay, good. Clever. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, how did NASA fake the moon landing? <laughs> um, uh, this is a trick question. They didn't. They didn't fake it. Uh, you, you could try. You, you could really try to answer the question. <laughs> okay, so this one's not a trick question. Okay, so if they faked the moon landing, they probably just had a, I don't know, a studio somewhere where they had actors mm -hmm. pretend to be on the moon. I'm sorry. What, uh, yeah. is, uh, uh, no, you seem uh, really uncertain. I see you still said if. All right, well, okay, I, I get it. You're a tech guy. I actually luckily have a, a technical question next. How does the internet work? Um, could you be more specific? Do you, do you mean... What? No, just that that's the question. <laughs> How does the internet work? You got this. You're a tech guy. This is your thing. Uh, well, it's a network of computers that uh, send information to each other. So when you go to your web browser bar and you type, uh, say, an internet address, what it does is a DNS lookup on the... So if you type google.com, it's going to send a query to the DNS server to find out the mm -hmm. IP address which mm -hmm. it then uses to contact one of Google's servers, which will return the HTTP response. I'm sorry, where, where, where do you, is this okay, what yeah. you're looking oh, okay. for? Okay, so I think I lost you um, at DNS, but uh, could, you, could you go into a little more detail about that? I'm writing it down for future reference. Wh where does it start <laughs> when I put in HTTP? Uh, so HTTP is the protocol uh -huh. that it, is going to use to connect. I, I'm sorry, is this really relevant right now? I, I'm really in the middle of something. Um, well, I was just wondering, okay, never mind. It was just, I'm having some trouble with Safari and I thought you could help me, but um, all right. Uh, what is your least favorite thing about humanity? Uh, I would say recruiter calls like this. Is that, wow. that a valid answer? That's, that's low, David. That's, let's just hope that I can chalk that up to your sense of humor. That's fine. All right. So I have another question for you. Okay. It's a dark night in Prohibition-era Chicago. You've got a fifth of moonshine hidden in a briefcase, a sample for Jim Connors, who owns one of the last holdout speakeasies on Main Street. This has to go right or you're dead. Your wife, too, and your boy. He's five. As you get to the front door, a police car slowly crawls up the street behind you. The man behind the front door asks, what's the password? What's the password, David? <laughs> uh, open Sesame? Boom! There goes your boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Okay, well, uh, David, we will stop here because it's obvious that you don't have the necessary management skills to be a VP of engineering, so you should really learn how to thrive under pressure, uh, how to categorize yourself as uh, an animal properly, and um, how to have some self-respect in order to eventually qualify if you are interviewed at a later time. So uh, good luck to you, and bye. Thanks again for that slight about recruiter calls. I uh, hope yeah, you have uh, a better I'm, I'm sorry day about that. I didn't, I didn't mean out. to uh, to offend yeah. you. No, no, no. It's okay. I think that you've lost an amazing opportunity because Cap'n is Cap'n faster than you can tap. So uh, <laughs> we'll be a successful company. And I don't know about you and your future, but I guess without your son, it's going to be bleak. It's going to be bleak, David. <laughs> oh uh, have a good afternoon. Bye. Wow. David. Yeah. Sorry about that. All right. Let's get back to the... Where were we? Time for another One Minute Tech Review each oh, week at this goody. time. Dun, 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 dun. What am I okay. buying this week, Joel? Today's One Minute Tech Review is kind of like an Easter egg. I don't know if it's exactly an Easter egg. Let's say that you're sitting at your computer. I, I don't need to cut you off. Yeah. You know it's October, right? Yeah. Okay, go on. Oh, wait. That's not the same as go Halloween. On. Go ahead. Go ahead. <sighs> okay. Let's say that you need to make a timer or a stopwatch. You just want to time something. Did you know that you can go to Google and type in the Google search box, timer, or a stopwatch and get a timer or a stopwatch, which will appear on the screen. Yep, and it's there awesome. It is. There okay, it is. there you go. There's my one minute tech review. Wait, what's the review? Is, is it a good timer? Oh, it's a good, Does it's it a good keep timer. Accurate yeah. time? And it's a good stopwatch. And it's a good timer. My alternate suggestion for anyone without fingers yeah. is you can just <laughs> activate Siri now on your computer what? and say, remind me to stop what I'm doing in 25 minutes. Okay, I didn't say it was going to be a good. But what it'll do then, you say, remind me to stop what I'm doing in 25 minutes, and then in 25 minutes, it'll say, stop what I'm doing. 
That's probably true. That's probably true. But I understand what I meant. It or works it, out for say, me. I don't understand you, Dave. It works out for me. <laughs> Even though your name isn't Dave. As you know, we're preparing a Just to be clear, your recommendation today was people check out this new site called Google. No, and type okay. timer. Yeah, okay. or It's cool. It's good. It's good. Okay. It's good. <laughs> Did you guys just know that? Or Legal, you just don't no, care? No, you it's, just it's never good, use it's timers? Actually, it's actually a good tip. It's As good you tip. know, we're preparing a constitution for Stack Overflow. Are we? It's very important. Each week at this time, we bring you a proposal, and you, our listeners, will decide on whether that proposal becomes part of our new constitution. So I'm going to start with the results from last time. Oh, the boy. question was, pro or con, do you hold the door for a colleague if you know it's going to make them run? And with the results of last week's constitutional question, here's news editor Ilani Itzhaki. And 83% pro to hold the door open. Keep holding it. Make them run. As Andrew Bickerton at Code for Hire says, not only am I being polite, I'm improving their health. Oh, wow. <laughs> Harsh. Okay. Yeah. That, that's essentially like, he just rephrased, you yeah. could use the exercise. <laughs> yeah, you can. 83% is pretty high. We don't usually get such a big... Uh, Okay, here's today's Constitution question. And by the way, I'd like to remind our listening audience that you too may submit potential Constitution questions for further future episodes simply by tweeting your Constitution question and then putting in hashtag Podcast. But today's Constitution question is, if somebody drops a scrap of paper on the subway, okay, you're riding the subway, mm -hmm. there's somebody else there, you see them like, I don't know, maybe they pull something out of their pocket or whatever yeah. and a scrap of paper drops. Sure, happens all the time. They didn't notice that they dropped a scrap of paper. Yeah. Do you tell them? Of course. Well, it depends. Why? Not? Why? What does it depend on? Because the first you thing you're trying to it might be trash. Yeah, the first thing you're trying to assess, like if it looks like a gum wrapper, it's you don't go hand definitely it to them, not a gum wrapper. Because then you're it's, a jerk. It's a piece of paper the no, size of a bazooka wrapper. That's, that's when you do tell them on. because they just littered. Yeah, but they didn't mean to litter. It's like you're calling someone out for something that's obviously an accident. Right. Wait, sorry, you just qualified it. Sorry, do we? You can't tell if it's litter. No, no. If it was a gum wrapper, you're right. You definitely don't tell them. Right. If someone drops, a, unless and then, like, you might want them to throw it list? in the garbage because littering is bad. Yeah, but I mean, they might get all up in your grill. Oh, who cares? Okay, so it just looks like a piece of paper that they might or might not want. It might be important. Like, right. and you don't know. Is it folded? Right. That kind of piece of paper? It's crinkle. It's been in their pocket. It's a okay. little bit crinkled. If I think it might contain content of value to them, I would definitely pick it up. It's and hand just fifty-fifty. There's a fifty-fifty chance. Oh, pick it up and hand it to them. Now it's not even in the Constitution. It was mm. just whether you tell them. Oh, I like that you've got some weird, like, germaphobe thing where you're like, obviously no one would touch anything on the subway no matter what under any circumstances, and therefore, okay, I'd probably hand it to them. Oh. Okay, so, pro is you point it out to them. You're like, excuse me, you dropped that. And con is just ignore it. Just move on. As they say, he might have a gun. Post your answer to Twitter using the hashtag Stack Overflow Podcast with either pro or con, and your explanation, short but convincing. You have to fit it in 140 characters or less, including the hashtag. But that's Twitter's rule. The best explanation, whether on the winning side or the losing side, will be read on next week's podcast and win a fabulous Stack Overflow sticker, courtesy <laughs> of the Stack Overflow Podcast. And don't forget to submit your future idea, future constitutional amendments, which will be named after you. It's true. We're going to start getting names instead of just like random numbers or Also, for just $149.99, you can get a star named after you and a certificate to prove it. Yeah. We have a guest today. We Wait. do have a guest. Jay, tell us about our guest. I would be happy to. This is part of our now long-running series of developer stories, getting people on and learning a little bit about how they got where they are and... Developing technology, uh, all sorts of things. And today we are pleased and delighted. It is exciting to have Tom Lehman, who is, that's right, Welcome. very popular with our fake studio audience. He brings his own applause squad. Tom, <laughs> Tom Lehman is, of course, the co-founder and CEO of Genius.com, nay, RapGenius.com. Before that- Is that N-E-I-G-H uh, or N-A-Y? N-E-E, -E, -E. and there's an accent. I'm going to say Agu in yeah, the middle you. one, because that was his maiden name. I don't want to break this down. It's not working for me. Before that, I think he was a programmer at D.E. Shaw, and he is, of course, perhaps most famous as yeah. a previous caller to this podcast. He has been on the Stack Overflow podcast before. He has been on our diligent researchers, dug up. Welcome, Tom. I completely forgot that you were here before, and I think you did, too. Although you seem to remember a lot about my blog, so <laughs> I'm kind of wondering. So great that. to be here. I want to open with a question for you, Joel. Oh, no. So, He's doing it backwards. He's uh, doing it backwards. A lot of people think I don't like rap, okay? <laughs> that Aeron shares are really, yeah. really expensive, but maybe they're actually worth it because they last so long. And they cost less than toilet paper. And Next <laughs> question. So this is, Joel wrote about this in a 10-year-old blog post. What you have to understand about me is I'm obsessed with Joel. I'm his biggest fan. Okay? Oh, no. I remember no. everything. I can't wait to read the genius commentary on this podcast. So what's the question about the Aeron chair? 
are they worth it? I, I was just referencing Wait. the. I don't know. We have you this in some kind of era. real this cut is rate. A nice little, you guys, you know, there's a, nice a new era on chair. chair. They like just, this week. I know. This week, a new era on chair. It's newish. Newish. No, no, no. It's totally revolutionary. It's got the Siri. Yeah. It, it's waterproof, yeah, as I understand it. There's, there's, <laughs> no, it's a whole new chair. a new one with the new MacBook. It's better in all the important ways. Okay, other, new question for Joel. New question for Joel. Name the biggest flaw in the Napster user interface. Bananagrams. No, they used <laughs> buttons instead of tabs. You oh. once wrote about this. No, that's not the biggest. It's the stupidest because they could change one bit in a field somewhere and the buttons would become tabs. But you also wrote that it doesn't matter because if you have such a compelling piece such of software, the interfaces, people will get around that's it. That's right. It's, you can type the name of the song and listen to it. Did you? Is that how you listen to music? Absolutely. I loved it. You know, that's how I got into to music. I had to go to record stores. Winamp? Oh, yeah, <laughs> really? yeah, yeah. Winamp. That's right. You know? <laughs> Something about a mule, right? Or a monkey or a ass or... A llama. Llama! People like talking about <laughs> llamas. The, I don't remember the llama. Unbelievable What's memory, llama? Tom. Like they'll say like, you AOL llamas. It was just a mascot. Like it was a mascot. Okay. Okay. Well, well, you were to be. Internet. So, <laughs> what? I do like, we have the leader of a major tech company here, and I love that it's already that awkward Saturday Night Live skit where, like, William Shatner's on stage, and they're asking him all the fanboy questions about, like, in you episode 12, what was the combination Joel on the use Trello. Like, watching <laughs> Joel use Trello is insane. He is so fast at it. He loves it. It's like watching Shatner wear the Spock ears. <laughs> 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 that's like Dude, watching... do you even watch Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> that's like watching Joel use Trello. It's crazy. Dear uh, Trekkers, please send your letters to genius.com somewhere in Kiwanis. So, Tom, we like to ask everybody, so how did you first, because you started as a programmer. Yes. I'd say you're not one anymore, but you're probably doing a lot of other stuff, going on idiotic podcasts and the like, promoting the company. Yes. What did you do at D.E. Shaw? I happened to work there. That was where Juno was. Yes, yeah. Okay, fine. One last question, though. And then I'll get into it. One last question. Okay. Yeah. Offices with what doors that is the best way to pick a five-character string composed of letters and numbers randomly? Okay. Oh, wow. What is the best way to do that? And this was on my how can somewhere? you ask that question and get 656 upvotes on Stack Overflow? Boom. Oh, that was in VB, though, right? This is my highest voted question. Yeah, 656 so upvotes. Tom is a long-time, long-time Stack Overflow user. I have two stellar question badges. Does anyone in this room even have one? I don't. I think wow, I asked some kind of a question out. about. <laughs> wow. Are you bad shaming us on it's our good own for podcast? The people. It's good for the I people. I just got bad shamed my own podcast. The people like it. <laughs> wow. So while we're here, let's just be clear. You got all those votes for the question, not the answer. Yes, I only Ooh. ask questions. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm extremely Wait a minute. selfish, yes. No, do you, have, you got some answers. I got some answers. Got some some answers. of my own questions got answered by me. At one point, I was the top Ruby on Rails question asker, the most selfish Rails enthusiast. We like to think of you as a source of grains of sand, which later become it's pearls. true. Beautiful pearls. It's true. I still Beautiful. get answers on these things. Like, is that right? Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know, you can get the random thing. Good. Yeah. 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 So, Tom, Whatever. let me ask you a question. How'd you first get into programming? Good question. So I wasn't, I wasn't like programming, like growing up. I didn't do any of that, of that stuff. I was into computers for sure, into like downloading stuff. And I, I even built my own computers at a time when uh, I can't even imagine doing that now. So frustrating. You plug it all together. It never works. <laughs> right. It's insane. Because you never have enough glue. There's never enough never glue, works. thermal glue That's, on the yeah. CPU. <laughs> it's like yeah. PC era, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Everything else is just like snapped together. But yeah. the thermal glue I watched, <laughs> actually requires an art. I was really like into arts. Uh, what was that TV show that Leo Laporte had? One of my other yeah, misery guys. Yeah, what was it called? Tech, like screensavers? Tech, screen it called screensavers. Yeah, screensavers. Yeah. I learned you know who was a on decent that? amount um, about... What's his name? Mr. T. No. Right era, though, you know. Who's the founder of Dig? Kevin. Kevin Rose. Kevin Rose was on screensavers. As just like an 18-year-old oh, yeah. presenter they were presenting Dig. Yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah. That's a classic. No, no, no. I mean, he was a, he was a regular on screensavers. Oh, he was a regular? Yeah, yeah. We talked about Dig at one point. So to answer your question, I was never into programming. I wish I had been. I did programming a little bit in college. Joel and I also went to the same college. I'm obsessed with Joel. And it was a pretty good... <laughs> Wait, hang on, hang on. I just clarified point. Did you point. know it when you Sorry. were applying yeah, for college? Is that why you that's... went? Because that's, that's a little... It's getting... Yeah, kismet, either way. Okay. You know, we're the same okay. person. I consider myself to be the same exact person as Joel. All right. Sometimes oh, Tom doesn't know where he ends a, and Joel begins. I took a class at Yale. It was intro to programming with C Sharp. 
which was not a great way, in my opinion. That is weird. They taught to teach programming. You got console.writeline. It's like, okay, what is this? Public static classmate. And so I did that. I didn't take any more classes. In college, I did do like some math and philosophy stuff. So I was into like more of like, you know, turning machine and like girdle, like, whoa. And then so after college, I got a job doing IT at D.E. Shaw. And that was where I basically got into programming. So it was nice. You know, it was a great place to work. Got paid money and also learned. I the first program I wrote, I think, was something that, you know, so we it was systems administration. So it was like Unix. So there you get like a request on a ticketing system. Uh, the ticketing system was called Desflow. That later became my job to be the product manager for the ticketing system. Wow, they didn't use Juno bugs? No, no. It was, pro- it was probably related. <laughs> Honestly, it was probably related. But at one point, we evaluated fog bugs to see if there was like, you know, anything we should, you know, steal or something. So I, I remember doing <laughs> that. source code. And so you get a request, it. and the request would say, add a person to this group. Yeah. And you'd have to go to the group's file. You'd have to use oh, yeah, RCS yeah, yeah. to check it out. You mentioned CBS. Is that what it's called? RCS. Listen, I remember my first interview at D.E. Shaw when I was actually interviewing and I went up to the 39th floor, which was like this crazy modern yeah. lobby thingamajiggy with cool. like weird spooky. Anyway, the receptionist, I later learned had a PhD in biology and I kind of looked over to see what she was doing and she was using Emacs as her user interface to operating the receptionism of the reception of, because this was just such a computer science oriented company that they were like, oh, what's wrong with Unix and Emacs and so forth. They didn't even have a GUI for their receptionist. GUI. It was crazy. Green. I still use that stuff every day. A little tip. Emacs? For every, well, not, well, not yeah, Emacs basically Emacs, the keys, because they work in the, in oh, the yeah, terminal. Still work so, you know, control A, control E, there's a little tip for you all out there. You're yeah. welcome, by the way. Yeah. I'll say that again if you're listening to this podcast on double home. speed. Control Instead of hitting home, control A. Yeah. A. <laughs> control, control E, control K. Tell them you got to hold down works. control. And those are, I use them every day in the terminal, whatever. Those Emacs key bindings work. They also work in like, yeah, like Google Docs and so forth. So I wrote a program that would, RCS was pretty, you know, you had, once you checked it out with RCS, it was checked out. There was no like concurrent, you know, C oh. stands for concurrent. Yeah, nobody else could edit the same file while you were editing it. You had to check out the files you wanted to work on, and then you could edit them, and then you could check them back in because it had no merge or... No, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And so you check it out, and you run my program, and it would add someone to the group's file by going through the text. This is insane, Um, because CVS was invented at that time. This is... Yeah. And then, yeah, if only they had switched to Mercury by checking out HG init. Are they still in business? It didn't exist yet. Mercurial. (laughs) Mercurial also, yeah, butchered that. So yeah, I basically (laughs) learned a program doing sysadmin stuff. So you went to the dark side, and now you're a business guy. Huh? Well, I was just really into, you know, there was so much cool. From the beginning, I was a scraper at heart, any web scraping stuff at heart. So my first project, my first actual, like, user-facing project was MiriamWebster.com. It's a dictionary, but it also has, like, usage notes. So it's yeah. like, they always usage notes. And I'm, I'm like, yeah. I like, like, you know, grammar and, and stuff like that. And so I wrote a program <laughs> that would download the usage note, okay. get it from using regular expressions, which you actually can't parse with... <laughs> HTML with there's a huge meme which is on the site. There's a famous answer, Stack obviously. Overflow. Stack the center cannot hold exactly. Which is, it's right? It's, it's yeah. funny Bobbins. you say the center cannot Classic. hold. I, in a comment on that question, yeah, wrote plus you. plus for the center cannot hold, and I got like 200 upvotes on that comment. Yeah, so in your face again. And so it would download the page, it would parse it, you would basically parse it with regular expressions, and it would it's send from, the usage um, note to this mailing list. What's it from? The center cannot hold. It's from the Falcon cannot see the falconer. It's like the age of anxiety. Okay. The Auden poem, I think. Is it? All right. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb Yates. and say that's the first time an Auden poem has been specifically yeah. referenced on the podcast. It's really a Yates. classic. Yates. And I'm still into scraping. Like, scraping is my favorite thing. So check out Better Metro North. I'll just plug my current project. Wait, wait, now. You got my attention now. You say Better Metro. BetterMetroNorth.com. Check it out. So I, I am interested in Metro North. What does it do? Go ahead and pull it up there. All right. So it's, I'm going to pull it. Uh, it's a website. You'll see. BetterMetroNorth.com. Because I, I do ride the Metro North. It. It's popular. Whoa. BetterMetroNorth.com. Show schedule. Oh, you got to put a destination station It has in to there. be Scarsdale, of course. Yeah. So we've already mentioned that. So there's... And it just shows you the schedule. So far, there's their no website ra- is no bad. It puts the fares here. on there. Oh, you don't have to go through some crazy drop down Wait, so and page down to page 34 exactly. just to Thank find... Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Yeah. And then put in another time. Type like next Tuesday. This was I like my better coup. Long Island Railroad. Do you have that? That was a feature request, actually. Wow. Oh, this is cool. This so is I just amazing. type in Larchmont and it just goes to now. Yeah. And it just shows you the whole schedule for the next month. 
Oh, can you make it detect my location so it knows if I'm closer to Larchmont and starts there instead? Yeah, it shows you the actual fare instead of saying peak or off peak. Yeah. Yep. Like, how hard would that be? Yeah, you had to do two separate <laughs> requests oh, yeah. to do I that. I haven't thought about how stupid that is. Yeah. Because I have a passy thing. This is amazing, Tom. This is Forget that other <laughs> website with the rap lyrics. Two, two points. We don't spend enough of this podcast trying to optimize my commute, number one. <laughs> number two, not enough founders and CEOs are working on this problem for me. This right. is, I am really excited. I'm going to use this. I'm a, consider me a user. Can we monetize this somehow? So speaking of monetization, a very natural segue there. So you started, I don't know, you were, you were some kind of buffoon in college who was studying yep. silly things. Yep. And then you got into IT and that pulled you into programming after trying to build a toaster or something. Mm. And then as I understand it, the transition into sort of entrepreneur and company founder was all on this podcast. Is that right? That's my understanding. It's, that's Basically how I Basically true. It. Like I am, and you can listen to my question, like my sort of timid, you know, like young voice saying, oh, I'm going to ask a question. And the question was basically, what if someone steals your idea? Which is like the corniest question. I think we have the question, don't we? My question is, what steps, if any, you took to protect the intellectual property built into Stack Overflow? I'm working on a startup of my own. I don't know how to protect myself from someone producing an exact copy of my site. Oh, my God. That is so embarrassing. So embarrassing. So every, every startup founder... <laughs> Like asks that and I've got like, this great idea and somebody's it. gonna steal it. <laughs> <laughs> There's just such an arrogance to that too. You know, it's just like, all right, the most important thing is, is to idea. figure out how to prevent someone from stealing this amazing idea. That's like top of mind top of uh, for me. Fortunately, I think it is for most people. I think you have to be taught that that's not the thing to worry about. And what's weird is you were like, we don't do anything to protect that stuff. And then he went on to clone our website. It was really messed up. Basically, <laughs> it was, just, by the way. It was like one of those social IQ. engineering attacks. Not, you see, he got um, you to tell him. But I did say I'm a first time, long time. In the question, that's pretty cool. That's which pretty cool. Was something I've always wanted to say. Yeah. And look at you now. And now I'm, yeah. So what was the birthing process for Genius? I mean, why? Well, first fact is that to start it, I copy and pasted the Better Metro North code into a different directory <laughs> and did like rm.get or whatever. And that's how you start a, a software project. Seriously? Yeah, it's still in there. The readme still has one whiff of the old... Anyway, the, the, the readme at the top of this first tree said, this, yeah. our, our goal is to provide a better interface yeah. for Metro North. Well, it said, let's take it easy on Hudson schedules. News. That was the catchphrase for Better Metro North because it was like, you're going to be having so much fun, you're gonna just going to like go into Hudson News and cause like a rampage. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the site, you know, it's Genius, basically. The candy store that they have at, at Grand Central. Yeah. More than candy. That's yeah. me and don't be mean. It's the clock. It's, Hudson News is the heart of Grand Central. It's also wow. the place at all the... The airports where you can buy like soda and yeah. water and terrible Newsweek. souvenirs for your kids or a magazine. Yeah. Basically. So that was the first thing I built. So Better Metro North was in there. I also built with some friends, one of them from D. Shaw, Peyton Sherwood. Hi, Peyton, who really taught me basically how to actually program with like objects. I remember there was literally one point we built the whole startup in a conference room at D. Shaw on the weekends, which is not a good idea to do. Because, you know, they own it. They I was going to say, this isn't genius because I think we're about to find D.E. Shaw owns genius. And that's yeah. going to be super weird for your and, investors. Uh, no, I got them to sign. And so I remember at one point we were sitting in there. I was like, oh, how are we going to program this? This is like a complicated thing. This was basically like a proto Venmo. And so Peyton at one point was like, I know, we'll use objects. <laughs> I was now, like, now you have two big moments. Great idea. And so we built that one together, Better Metro North. There was another one. It was a Sheets website. It's called Bomb Sheets, basically a sort of Brooklinen, a proto-Brooklinen vibe. All these ideas eventually. Okay, I got uh, Sheets and Linen. I understood that part. Blew up. What's bomb? Bomb, like, like yeah. these sheets are the bomb. I felt like you said a lot of words I understood. <laughs> and when I put them together, Tom, it's I just couldn't... Cool for us. Like, like, I know what he's talking like about. Like two sheets <laughs> of the bomb. I've heard people yeah. say the bomb as a positive indication of the qualities of something. Uh, it's like what, Casper is for mattresses. <laughs> yes. For sheets. Casper for sheets. Oh, yes. can't you just say oh. Yes. Well, okay. Brooklinen is this exact idea. There oh, are Brooklinen. Yes. It's a portmanteau. Okay. Yes. Okay. People all... invented this after I did. They stole my idea, actually. Yeah. The logo was a bomb with, like, wrapped in, like, snuggling and, and sheets. So <laughs> it was a... It's like, great. Why didn't this That's, work? I can't believe work? you're doing something different now. So, And so it was a time when I was really into, I and, you know, the people I ended up working on, on Genius with were into just building a bunch of projects on the internet. I was like, my theory was basically... All right, learned to program. Now there's this thing called Rails. I now have a MacBook, so let's do it. Let's rock and roll. And so I thought, if I program 20 things, that was the number I picked. If I do 20 projects, one of them will turn into something. And so that was basically the attitude I had at the time. And so that led to projects I mentioned. And it also led to Genius because it sort of grew out of just kind of conversations about lyrics and about music that we were having in my apartment at the time. The conversations had a theme in music and hip-hop, but also just in general, which is I never know what's going on, basically, uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of, like, you know, it's a TV show, like, if it's Deadwood or something, like, I don't know, or it's, like, music, so, like, I never know, 
and I secretly suspect that no one else knows, but then I am down to ask, because people are constantly pretending to know things, I find. Like, they're constantly, sure. like... Fake it till you make it? Kind of yeah, nod. nodding in recognition, yeah, yeah. or, yeah. like, saying, uh-huh, you know, and so that grew out of that impulse, basically, and it really grew out of the impulse as, as it relates to rap, because it was something where I really didn't know anything about it, I was just getting into it, and I was getting it explained to me by my friends, and through that process, coming to appreciate it even more, and so, yeah, at one point, I was just like, wow, there should be a website for this, and, you know, then... I was like, but I have to finish Better Better North before I do it. I got to take that roast <laughs> thank, out of the oven. Thank you again. You know, then I did it and I built it. Took about a day for the first version. It was extremely basic, but basically the same website. And, and yeah, kind of went from there. I mean, it was very much stack overflow for rap, basically, because I was just like, all right, got to get the points in there. I think you guys were in Y Combinator, right? True. And I met you then. Yes. And you <laughs> asked me for my advice. It was amazing. Let's uh, just and you said, slow and it said, down what? a little bit. <laughs> Let's set the scene first. This was a super, well, now a super intense day for me. Okay, so first of all, the scene is this. Take us there, paint a picture. You had there your one crazy founder. 8 a.m., okay, morning. We are at the Palo Alto Westin. All right, you remember So more I'm about at a Westin. Love the Westin. Starwood property. And then I meet Joel for the first time, a Starwood property. Yeah. We have breakfast. Together. 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 Okay. And it was amazing. It was <laughs> and just I so gave good. you what advice? Tom, do you remember what you ate? An omelet. Oh my God, this is awesome. Probably. And I love that Weston. <laughs> and uh, what advice Wait, did that you That was the scene? That was it? I thought there was going to be more. Us. Let yourself go there, David. Just let yourself <laughs> the go advice there. You was... clearly were not paying any attention. You were just trying to carefully commit to memory what kind of omelet you were having. I think the <laughs> advice was don't rename yourself to genius. That's correct. I said do other things around rap rather than other things around annotation. Yeah. Yeah, was no, I that right was... or wrong? And you really took that to heart. They yeah, no, I mean, I think there's, I think there's really something to that. I mean, we kind of paralleled. No, okay. I didn't know how to live with that advice. You did. How do you so. remember that though? So you're, what? you're misering me right now. <laughs> That's great. I'm so flattered. I was gonna put twenty dollars. <sighs> the advice had to do with his pants. Like I was almost sure it was gonna be pants advice. But I learned a lot at the time because I was very obsessed with. Like you guys were like, all right, well, we can't just do one big site for everything. We gotta have separate sites. Yeah. So, and then you had that this whole sense. thing where you were like, look, every site has got to have its own Community. personality. Yeah. And so it just can't, it has to have an, its own name. So it can't be like blah, blah, blah for dummies. And I was like, okay, that's, that's the theory of everything. I got to go to all. And then you wrote another yeah. post. I was like, you know, the dummy books are actually pretty good. It can just be blah, 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 stack exchange for dummies. And I was like, I don't no. remember that post. Okay, but. <laughs> so that's not the case for Genius now because it is a house for all. It's right. not just rap. It's not just music. It's Correct. not just. So at the time. How much of it is do... rap though? Like, it's sort of like Stack Overflow where we're like 90% programming even though we have 150 sites about presumably other subjects, elephants. It's a lot of music. And, you know, rap also I feel like has blown up even more yeah. in terms of like being the sort is. of center of all like popular music since 2009. But we started with separate sites. We started, we had an original idea which we were going to have separate sites and we even came up with separate names so like our rock genius version was literally we literally were going to call it stereo iq which is not a terrible name but it's like not a great name i think <laughs> especially about rock genius yeah, and the whole iq hard. theory of intelligence has but been it's, pretty uh, much just i feel like winamp could have been named stereo iq like yeah, that, exactly. that feels like the right era and also rock like genres i just think are very problematic in terms of like oh yeah just like how can you i'm a fan of rock subdivide, like, like no one like says mad. that yeah, and so, rock is over. That's classic rock, right? Rock has got to be Yeah, classic. it's just there's no one who's like saying, I love rock. When's the next rock show? The rock and roll. <laughs> Although there is that Blink-182 song. I am a rock and roll enthusiast. No, but we gave up on trying to be like all questions to everybody. And we have that. And it's fine. It's not like we gave up on it completely. But we essentially said, we just need to own our developer identity. And we changed the name of the company back to Stack Overflow and just said, you know, realistically, there's other stuff going on here. But this is not the site for questions. This is the site for developers. And I think we've done some of the same stuff in the sense that, like, definitely the genius idea is not music specific. It's definitely based around, like, annotation broadly, like, right. just looking deeper is basically whether it's like a literal click the thing to see the pop up or just like the sort of idea of going deeper into something you love yeah. and loving it more. But I think we did try to, like, we kind of expanded, you know, maybe more quickly than I wish we had done in the sense that there was just so, so much more. So maybe I'm, I'm kind of saying you were right, which is that there was just so much more than we thought at the time to do in music and even right. in rap right, right. than we thought. And so we you know, went on and did a bunch of work like you can read, you know, the best edition of Hamlet in the world, in my opinion, yeah. is on the, the website. You can go, you can read it. Great annotations. Who raps People it? still who, who raps it in that annotate edition? that. Uh, <laughs> is it Will I, I guess. Okay. okay, cool. And, cool. <laughs> and it's, it's just, it's amazing. But, I'm not even listening to my jokes. <laughs> you know, I, I, 
That was so so such an Everybody important thing to us. I'm but tell then. that joke again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Go ahead, Joel. Please do. Just, is it Will I Am Shakespeare? Wow. <laughs> wow. We paused for that. There, there was. You should use that weekend that if you ever get it back for that joke. <laughs> the Genius is the first mainstream place I remember that had what appeared to be sort of like the inline comment, like the commenting right off of that line. Yeah. I mean,. The way I came Rapping up with that, the original yeah, sure, whatever. sure. The way I came up with that was for Better Metro North. Okay, again, back to that. Still, still have it open right you here. Open. Yep. Click yeah, yeah. the help link near the date field. Yeah, or whatever. see it right next to the little calendar. And you box see a little thing. blue yeah, bloopy yeah. that pops up. Oh, that's nice. Type any. So yeah, yeah. I was line, looking little, for a tool call tip. Out. Nice call out there. When I had the idea for Genius, I had the idea to use that little bloopy, and so that's like can't connect the dots in advance, man. Like you just have ideas like crystals, you know? Because it's nice to highlight the lyric and then see it on the side so you can see both of them at the same time. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. And so that I thought was just like, just you click on the line and a little bloopy right there tells you what it means. And you know, that idea basically still exists today. And I think there's just something so powerful even though it's kind of like a minor, like, oh, it's like a footnote, but you don't have to go. But that's, there's something pretty yeah. powerful about that, I but, think. It's just like changes the experience a lot. That was before, to my recollection, that Google Hangouts or like Medium was doing stuff like that. That's correct. Yeah. We did, yeah, the Bluepy. Google Hangouts, Docs. Google Docs, excuse me. I See, that was me pretending to know something right there. <laughs> I did it. I pride myself in never, <laughs> ever doing that. This is what I'm talking about. You all did it too. Uh-huh, yeah, the bloopies and Google Hangouts. I love those. I, I love using those. They're, they make me so much more efficient. I was trying to think if I should repeat my joke a third time. Alon has a phrase to describe this. So he tells the story from his childhood where his friends were like in a circle and they were talking about the show Garfield and Friends. And they said, sure. did the you see... Normal. The one with Nermal on it? Uh, yes. Okay. And one boy said to another boy, did you see the episode last night where Garfield diarrheaed on the rug. <laughs> and then there was sort of silence, and then the other boy said, yeah, it was hilarious. And the first boy said, that never happened. <laughs> what? And so the idea is you should never pretend to know because maybe the person's trying to fool you. This oh. is a dark world we live in where someone's <laughs> trying to trick me with their Garfield You tried to trick me with the hangout bloopies. I just made, I was a verb. So last night on the Genius thing, tell us a little bit, the expansion into one of the big, I shouldn't say switches, but the additions you guys made was sort of this ability to annotate anywhere, right? Yes. A, it seems like there's dedicated places using it, like the White mm -hmm. House does a thing mm -hmm. now with the State of the Unions, it looks like. And then, but there's also a way you can get a plugin and you can just mark up your favorite websites for other people with the plugin. Is that essentially? Yes, yes. So you can... You know, the thing is JavaScript, so any way to inject JavaScript works. So you can get, there's a Chrome extension, of course. There's a bookmarklet. There's also, you can embed it on your page by doing src equals slash slash, if you don't want to put the protocol in there, although I'm told you're not supposed to do the HTTPS colon slash slash genius dot codes. That's right, dot codes. Mm. It's pretty crazy. With a Z? Uh, with the, <laughs> the normal one, the S. When and so that you can embed it. And also there's a very cool thing which causes some controversy, which is basically like a proxy type Google Translate type thing, which is uh, if you go to genius.com slash, and then you write oh, a URL. Yeah. There's, so there was a whole thing about that. There's a whole thing. Excited. So genius.com slash overload.com and then boom, we fetch it and then inject the JavaScript and deliver it by using the base tag. Does anyone here know about the base tag? No. No. Base tag's pretty cool. So the base tag is a way of telling the browser where to point relative links to. So it's like, if oh. you set the base uh, tag, okay. it will set the... And so using that is like a good way to allow it to show up on a different URL. So like if the thing is genius.com slash blah, 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 to make the relative links work, you use the base tag. So that's a little... And so wait, the controversy there is, I assume... Or as I recall at the time, so basically the first way is someone's got a thing they've installed themselves on their browser, and yeah. it's essentially overlaying what amounts to the the Genius plugin. Yeah. They're choosing to use it. In this case, while they're still choosing to nav to you, you're effectively reserving some other site with this overlay. Yes. On some level, which yes. I guess some sites took umbrage to. Yeah, I mean, I can see it's like you know a little bit. Obviously, the overall idea of annotation is somewhat invasive, you know, and that's part of what makes it so like cool and and subversive. I mean, obviously, like. A big part of you know, the original appeal of Genius is like, I might not be able to write this lyric, so I don't get to be right here, but I can write the canonical annotation for this. And so when you click the lyric, I'm there. So I'm basically kind of like writing the song here. And then I can you tell know, you what it means. Exactly. And so if these lyrics are canonical, which is, of course, is the goal to distribute the lyrics everywhere music is played, then these annotations will follow it. And that's like a pretty cool thing to be able to do as like a Kanye West fan. And so similarly, if you're annotating someone else's article or, or website, then you're getting right up in there. And that's part of like what makes it fun, but it can be in, intense to put the, the comments throughout. And so there was, you know, and, and this makes it even crazier where you can view any web page's annotation layer through 
this proxy server, which just basically you know, is, is available on demand. Now, my perspective, obviously, is it's sort of like a cloud web browser, you know, where, right. you know, it's like use Chrome to view the thing. Why can't you use the genius cloud web browser? But I can understand why it's maybe a little bit annoying or whatever, but I think the idea of annotation is just, I think it's just, it's worth it, you know, it's, it's great. So in addition to the annotation, I noticed you also have forums on the site? Yes. Right. Okay. So here you can access tons of knowledge and just like SO, Stack Overflow or Reddit. You can call it SO. I can, yes. Crowdsourced and freewielding environment. Sometimes there's free speech issues. What has been your experience thus far and how have you had to deal with cases of censorship? So I think the issue that comes up is that people, especially when passions flare up, especially sure. when there's points involved, especially on the internet, people can get kind of unpleasant and nasty. And so I think that on the one hand, you want to be very intolerant of like abuse and bullying and, you know, talking to people in certain ways. You know, it's really annoying because people like Tyler, the creator, do you know who Tyler, the creator is? I do not. I see some nodding in the room. I don't. Wow. That's <laughs> horrifying. Tyler, the creator, extremely important figure in We're music. We're senior citizens here. But one thing I really... <laughs> was he prior to that very raunchy rock and roll era we mentioned right, earlier? Because yes, after that... The it's... rock and roll era. He, very talented, but he has one tweet that really is bad, which he says, I don't even understand cyberbullying. Just like turn off your computer. And so people in the forums are always posting an image of this tweet to defend being mean. And it's just, just like, really wish he hadn't tweeted that. We'd be in much better shape. But I think the, the, whole world would be nicer. the challenge is that you want to be very clear that you don't allow that, but you also, there's a reality, which is that if you immediately try to crush right. and ban, which you can, it's impossible to ban people. If you immediately try to crush people who don't follow the rules, then A, it's impossible to do that. And B, that might not be the best way to get them to be better. In fact, a lot of people, if you engage with them, even though that right. so it shouldn't be something you have to do, like this person's being bad, I shouldn't have to be nice to them. But if you engage with them and teach them and and kind of help them understand that words have power. You know, word to Liz Milch, she runs a lot of things at Genius, but also came up running the community and really taught me a lot about this. And, you know, it's really hard, you know, when someone's being abusive to you or especially other people on the site to sort of try to approach it from like a teaching standpoint. But we really try to do that. And, you know, but we got the penalty box. Sure. You, know, you can put users in the penalty box. You know, you get penalty box also if you do rate limit stuff. So if you're downvoting like crazy, there's a rate limit on that. Yep. Meanwhile, it's like, how do you audit whether the rate limits are right? Like, it's really hard to get that stuff right. But yeah, I mean, I think the overall thing is that, you know, you want to reward people for doing productive stuff. And eventually, people become so obsessed with the points. You know, it's like if people can get points for doing good stuff and lose points for doing bad, like people just love the points. You taught me this, Joel. I did not. You made this, <laughs> I made Joel. you sit down and I said, listen to me. They love the points. <laughs> the site is genius.com. Tom Lehman, thank you very much for coming by. Where can people find you, Tom, on the Twitter? Dumb name numbers. Dumb name numbers. It's a funny. Uh, let me decide if that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, dumb name numbers, Instagram, dumb name numbers, genius.com slash lemon. I am uh, on Snapchat as Poupe Fiasco. <laughs> I mean, what is who? Never mind. Doesn't matter. Stick with us. <laughs> I know how to spell And you guys fiasco. are you're located in New York, right? You're in Brooklyn or something. We are in Gowanus, uh, or as I call Gowanus. it, the Iguanas. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Stop by anytime, Tom. Really appreciate having you on the show. Thanks. My pleasure. This is a dream of mine. Again, we're let's... the same person. <laughs> Why are Microsoft file formats so complicated? Why is there a Windows registry? Should it just be an INI files? Can, can we cut him off? Can, uh... That's referencing another decade old Joel blog post. Yeah, let's... for a sitcom, Joel would wake up at the end and be like, do some news. <laughs> some news? Some news? The IT community question and answer form Experts Exchange has Experts taken exchange. down its paywall. This fundamental change to its model coincides with the company's 20th anniversary. Did you all get that? Experts Exchange only... 19 years after Stack Overflow came out. No, wait. How long have we had Stack Overflow? I don't want to speculate Eight. on what led to this decision, <laughs> what their monetization. All I can tell you, yeah, all I can tell you is one fact. Yeah. I saw Joel eating an omelet with the CEO of the company yesterday. So wow. I, you decide for They're yourself. They're not even a company. They're like some kind of a weird website that crawled out of a whatever. I'm pretty this sure this is my true dream. Like, this is the most modern because, like, Experts Exchange. Now, when I'm on here, it takes off the paywall and totally yeah. like but six years mind too late. warps me. Eight years too late. Eight years too late. We were always afraid. Like all they had to do is take off the paywall, and Stack Overflow will never win the universe. 
And it was just so easy. And they just kept saying, no, it can't be done without a paywall. It's impossible. For those who are not in the know, what would you yeah. say is the difference between experts, exchange, and Stack Overflow? It's well, just the paywall. Well, they're also evil. But okay. <laughs> and okay, the, purpose, well. the purpose of Stack Overflow was really to create a place where people could talk about programming questions without a paywall. Because the main site had a paywall. And they were also sort of hacking Google, so they would come up in search results, and then you wouldn't actually be able to see the answer. So you'd type your question into Google, you get 14 answers on Experts Exchange, every single one of which was hidden, and you had to pay if you wanted to actually read it. And that was very frustrating to people because it was sort of breaking Google for programmers. At the time, part of, yeah. I think, what rubbed people the wrong way was, like Stack Overflow or Genius, the content was essentially all created by volunteers, right? Mm -hmm. But in their model, like people donated this information essentially for free. But then to consume it, one had to pay. One had to pay money, yeah. Like, well, obviously, yeah. we make no secret of the fact that we try to use this content to generate revenue, which we use to build new forums for content and help do that. The difference was like the information being given by someone freely and generously and then charged for on the other end directly for people to benefit felt sort of off to a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people essentially were trying to find their own answers that they had been right, right. experts exchange a year before. It's like the publishing And discovered racket, that right? they had to pay <laughs> for it. academic publishing. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, for a long time, we used to call them the hyphen site, as long-term listeners of this podcast will Fun remember. Because they have a hyphen in their URL name, and why? In their domain name. Yeah, because without the hyphen, it's you could parse it the wrong way, and it's not great branding. For for a while, we started calling them the x-axis because I used to make these little plots showing their traffic and our traffic. And at some point, I couldn't plot their traffic because it was just along the x-axis, maybe meaning their traffic had gone to zero while our traffic had ballooned. So here's my question. This is what I've been wrestling with. Are they still the enemy? No, no, no. Because no. they kind Not of, anymore. They're, now, now they're, they're good guys. guys. So now well, we love them, right? Yeah, yeah. We've if always we see them, we, we give them a hug now. Thank them for possible <laughs> if they hadn't existed. Yeah. Give them a hug. Yeah. Let's, we'll try them. to get Well, they're free. The, the information is free. Do we, so do we know if they talked about how they're going to monetize? I didn't. Is there any information on what are they? Because before they made money by asking people for money to read stuff. So that was one yeah. way to make money. They might still ask people. <laughs> oh, like Jimmy Whale style? Like, just please. Super please. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're going to have a little Tzedakah box. Yeah, that's right. Those little boxes that you see. Does everyone here know what Sadaka means? Or Plant a tree in Does everyone Israel know? with your spare change. Charity. There are like seven forms of Sadaka. Yeah, the number one is annotating somebody else's lyrics. <laughs> so like the worst form yeah. is not doing it. And then there's second worst is giving too little. And it's, it goes up to the very one top. One of them is you is take money from somebody else and use it to pay a fine that you got. Right. And so <laughs> I always talk about, in the vein of Sadaka, I talk about the different forms of annotation, like the highest form of annotation, the lowest form of annotation. So like what I think the lowest form of annotation is, which is still good, is basically saving someone a trip to Google. So like if there's a word or a phrase that is obviously a thing, but... It's just not clear what it is. You can Google that and find research the answer and put it in. Okay, and that's like the lowest form. The highest form of annotation is where a line is like a reference to something that you wouldn't even know it's reference to anything. And then like ungoogably a reference. So you yeah. find it, for example, you all were talking about Rapper's Delight earlier. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, that's you know, the hip hop thing at the beginning. What you maybe don't know, what you could learn from Genius is that when you ask Siri to rap, that yeah. is what she will try to rap. And so that is like an interesting little <laughs> last, fact there. Last that's, updated in 1982. Talks about the, how iconic that song is. And that's something, that's like a higher form of annotation, in my opinion, because that's an annotation of that line that you could never find that if you were like Googling that. Right. That's just something you have to like know. And, you know, that, that's a cool thing. Also, the first time the phrase hip hop ever appeared in lyricsgenius.com. Check it out. Click the ads. <laughs> Rappers to light. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to do the outro, but then I want everybody in studio to tell me what your costumes are, because I cannot make head or tail of your Halloween costumes. You have gone and wasted another hour of your life on Halloween, listening to Stack Overflow podcast number 93, recorded Tuesday, October 25th, 2016 at Stack Overflow headquarters. This podcast has been brought to you by the Society for Responsible Use of Jack-O-Lanterns. Jack-O-Lanterns. They're not funny. <laughs> For the special Halloween edition, our audio engineer is Carlos Casper Hernandez. Our ex-audio engineer is Alex Monster Miller. Audio editor is David Goulish Greenley. Producer is Jess Poltergeist Pardue. Executive producer is Caitlin Spirit Pike. For Tom Looney Lehman, <laughs> Shay Haunted Hanlon, David Phantasm Fullerton, and Ilana Jackalantan Yutaki. I'm Joel Spooky Spolsky. And costumes, real quick, Jay. What are you wearing? I think it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Ilana. A unicorn. <laughs> David. 
I dressed up as the paywall from Experts Exchange, but now <laughs> oh, I'm a good one. Topical, Tom. very topical. Tom, what is this costume you're wearing? I'm going as my ghoul's tour, which is a reference to a famous tweet by Jen Shear about a Halloween version of the famous Drake line, which is, is that a world tour or your ghoul's tour? Nice. And I'm DJ Spooky. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Sit a hip hop, a hip it, a hip it to the hip hip hop, you don't stop the rock to the bang bang, but you say up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to be. I'm Dr. J and I'm Mr. Hyde, and we rock the house side by side. DJ day. Spooky. You were a DJ guy. I was. I was at a party you DJed once. That's right. I'm surprised you remember that. Because you were the DJ. There's no reason to remember me. I think I was at a New Year's party you DJed. On purpose? I've been to a Halloween party and a New Year's party at the old Fog Creek in Midtown. So the I one that was at the old Fog Creek, that was a Halloween party. I had a funny hat. Where are the pics? Bring up the pics from this. We didn't used to have cameras on our phones Aww. back in those days. Nobody had pictures of anything. All right, we're out of time. Thanks no, again, No, I'm Tom. not leaving. No, <laughs> you can't make me. No, all right, it's over. Fine. I'm having an amazing time. Don't do anything. <laughs> this is my He's dream. He's sleeping here tonight. Yeah, so. Tom brought a sleeping bag. I wouldn't worry too much about <laughs> him. Not worry about me. Can you hear me? Yeah, but you're like a munchkin. Wait, just quiet? No, or like seriously. the audio is really <laughs> messed no, no, up? No, no, no. Like, like you've like a... eaten helium like a munchkin. Happy <laughs> Your tone is... Could you do this? If you just slowly say, we represent the lollipop gang? No. <laughs> Still funny. Oh my God, I wish you could hear yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Jay is writing down things for the audio editor. Oh, you know me so well. I am indeed <laughs> taking post-production editing notes as you speak. I want my own notepad where I can write down things for the audio editor to delete for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>